0: hey everyone my name is kyla welcome to my channel where we talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things okay hey everybody how's it going out there today i'm going to provide a brief update on the russia ukraine situation Ben and I are going to be talking about it a little bit later on, but we filmed last week. So things have changed a lot since then. As always, this is not meant to be speculation, just analysis. It's a rapidly evolving situation, and I have all my sources linked in a notion document if you want to follow along, because this is a very rapidly evolving situation. Today is actually the day that the Ukrainian president said, ironically, that Russia would invade Ukraine. So that's how rapidly evolving it is. Basically what we're seeing right now is Russia's positioning along the border. But they're saying that they're going to still talk to the West while also saying, oh, but we are backing down. They are pulling back troops. Maybe we can't really tell. Now they're saying that there's genocide in the Donbass region, which would give them an excuse to defend, not invade. And it's uncertain if they're going to do a full-blown invasion. They're increasing troop numbers at Ukrainian borders, even though they're saying that they're pulling back. And if that sounded confusing, that's because it is confusing. So we're just seeing a lot of movement. We're seeing a lot of things that don't really make sense, we are hopefully going to see withdrawals, but it doesn't seem like that's happening. There are cyber security attacks. The Ukraine cyber security center on Tuesday, which was yesterday, February 15th said that the websites of the Ukrainian defense ministry and banks were under cyber attack and people can't use their credit cards. Websites are down. It's just another signal that Russia could be weakening the Ukrainian center so they can prepare for invasion. There's still talks going on. It's very well known that Putin does not like NATO and he does not want Ukraine to become a part of NATO. However, Ukraine still wants to become a part. of nato and they're like hey we're not going to listen to russia we're going to keep on doing it and russia is like okay if you ever become part of nato like we're going to throw down it's kind of like all these conflicting interests where putin wants a certain thing and putin sees an implied threat in ukraine joining nato because then all of a sudden nato is on russia's borders which is the exact opposite what he wants it's really going back to that, that on the history of russia and ukraine uh paper that Putin wrote back in July of last year, he does not want Western assimilation and he does not want Ukraine on the border. China and Russia have teamed up a little bit. So they published a joint statement together where Moscow was basically like, yeah, Taiwan doesn't exist. And China and Russia are now buddy buddies and sort of promoting international peace as they described it. But in the piece, they were like, we really do not want Western influence. We really kind of want to keep everything protected from the enroaching era of the, the Western half of the world. There's also warfare. So they're beginning to deploy different troops and Putin said that he would withdraw troops and there was an idea that they would withdraw troops, but they're definitely not withdrawing troops. Putin's whole thing was like, well, you know, if things develop, we've got to still be there. Things are still rapidly evolving. I just want to talk about this really fast. Ben and I didn't really address it, but there's been different crypto accounts tweeting about how Russia is going to allow Bitcoin mining, how Russia is accepting Bitcoin as a form of currency, which is all true, but the central bank did not reach an agreement with the finance department about like what it would look like to use crypto going into energy oil is super tight right now. This is still impacting Nord Stream 2 in Germany. So Germany is not super happy. The tensions are impacting the stock market. So when yesterday when tensions were easing, because apparently Russia was pulling out, the market was like, yeah, this is awesome. So what could the outcome be? So they're definitely putting the military around Ukraine and it's a little bit confusing and it's like, well, what's actually going to happen? Nobody really knows. But basically Moscow and Russia and Putin from his giant table, uh, they're just like, Hey, the West is being super crazy. Like this is stop. Like you're just creating a bunch of hype that doesn't exist, but the military organization kind of speaks for itself. Things are rapidly changing, but that's an update and Ben and I are going to talk about it a little bit more. Hi Ben. Thanks Hello, for having me on. Yeah. Thank you
1: for having me on. I'm happy to be back in the, the friendly confines of Kyla's channel. Uh, so, what are we talking about today, Kyla?
0: I think it would be good to just kind of recap the Russia-Ukraine situation and then tie it back into energy markets because that has just become increasingly tenuous of a situation. Sort of just give us an update on, on what's going on, Ben.
1: Where do we even start? So Russia is priming to invade Ukraine. They are all up in Ukraine's business. They have eighty-three battalion tactical groups, which is like seven hundred fifty to a thousand soldiers on the border. They have fourteen more coming, so that'll be hundred. And that hundred figure is actually interesting because the. United United States said back in November that there would be a hundred battalion tactical groups and everyone kind of scoffed at them. How would you know that? But the United States was right on the dot. And a lot of their other estimates about the Russian force and how the Russian force would go there are coming true, which suggests the United States has penetrated the Russian military structure in some degree and kind of knows what they're going to do before they do it, which is uh, very interesting. And it's kind of the the whole sideshow in a way of what's happening here in Ukraine because it seems as though Russia keeps trying to fabricate a reason or try to pull off some shenanigans to justify an invasion, And before they can do it, the United States says, you were gonna do this. And that's exactly what's happening. Another thing that's happening is the window for diplomacy is closing. Uh, rapidly maybe that's a naive thing to say because that implies that there was ever a chance for diplomacy and the way russia had been conducting diplomacy has been ridiculous this whole notion of nato threatening us and just to remind everyone nato did not have a military presence there weren't u.s troops in poland estonia the baltics until russia invaded crimea and then nato ended up all up in their business right Mm -hmm. russia believes they're being threatened essentially there are a lot of like side stories and like side things happening and reminds the world's all connected japan is over here issuing threats to russia threatening sanctions and so that comes of course as finland and sweden are like you know freaking out over what the russia's up to and they're pulling the people and the people are saying we want to join nato which is interesting because finland just a few months ago said we're not going to join nato and then you have the whole ireland sideshow. they were doing exercises off the coast of ireland and the fishermen in ireland like threaten them and like don't do it and of course, you have, how can we forget the Germany and the helmet debacle with Ukraine? Essentially, stuff's going crazy and Russia is likely going to invade Ukraine.
0: So can you sort of talk a little bit more about what's going on with Ukraine? Because the president there has been a little, he's been unclear in messaging. So how do you think Ukraine is even thinking about this situation?
1: So Zelensky is, there's really not much his country can do at this point. There's no, any weapon systems that will make a difference, take months of training. So it's not like the United States can send them patriot systems give them certain missiles and stuff like that the time the window's not there right so they are giving them what they can give them but so he's kind of in denial to a certain extent but also there's this level of mass miscommunication between the white house london and kiev and that kiev uh, you know the most notable instance of this is the word imminent so the white house came out two weeks ago and said an invasion of russia is imminent in the english language and depending on the community that you're in imminent can mean like immediately but it can also mean within the next three to four weeks or in the next month or next two months, right? Depending on your definition, but we all know essentially it means it will happen soon, right? In Ukrainian, there's not a word for imminent. Uh, the closest translation is inevitable. So what Zelensky is here in the United States say is that an invasion of Ukraine is inevitable. And that's kind of what he was arguing against, right? Part of Russia's tactics here to kind of make Ukraine collapse, right? That's why they haven't gone with a rolling start. It's kind of just like, put enough pressure on them, foreign investment will flee, the people will flee, and we'll just waltz right in. And so, you know, they're trying to keep calm, trying to push back on US narratives, but they are endangering their own people through their desire to not have things collapse. The White House keeps saying Russia could invade any day now, but they've said that every day for the past three weeks It's kind of losing its punch. But I do think that with the amount, like Russia has moved majority of its Eastern military into western and russia's not like a small country it's not an eight-hour drive it's like a half it's like literally half the world you're going across the world with that said i mean something's got to happen right
0: there was something really big that happened last week right with china and russia that was sort of like a domino tipping again yeah
1: oh yeah it, it was uh that alliance or like the strengthening of ties and people point out perhaps western pundits are freaking out about you know the language is very flowery but also I think it does say something, right? So they want they're working together to stop external interference and dictatorships which is something they're both interested in and something they're both convinced is a CIA product, which at times it has been. But in terms of Eastern Europe, CIA has got nothing to do with that. And they also want to work together on space cooperation, AI, and they also want to work on controlling the internet together, which is not great. And then they have the big pipeline, right, Kyla? With the the gas. Well, they're building one. They're building building one. Yeah. And it'll be in euros, not dollars. Well, yeah. That's a big strike, right?
0: Yeah. So to kind of like summarize what happened with China and Russia, they released this joint statement where essentially Moscow was like, yeah, we don't think Taiwan exists either. Moscow and Beijing have a plan to essentially broker international peace was also what Putin is trying to get across with the potential invasion of Ukraine. And then also China and Russia are going to open up a natural gas pipeline together. And so Russia is going to funnel, they have a pipeline already, but this will be a second one. And to your point about it being settled in euros, the reason that they're not settling in dollars is because they don't trust the stability of the dollar. This is also a big sign of countries potentially beginning to rotate a Away from the USD and also a way for Russia to mitigate sanctions, I think. So it's really interesting from both the energy perspective. I
1: didn't know it was about the instability. I thought it was essentially because Russia was going to be cut off of the dollar through SWIFT if they invade Ukraine.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yes, but in the reason why they say euros they're not going to say hey we think we're going to be sanctioned because that means that they're (laughs) admitting to a potential invasion so they said within the statement that they're going to broker it or settle it in euros versus dollars because the dollar is unstable and the way that you could probably read into that is that sanctions but what's interesting and what we talked about before and this happened to iran is that if anybody does business with a country that is under sanctions that country will end up being under sanctions as well but
1: kyla Speaking of gas, there's a new U.S. ally, official U.S. ally.
0: Qatar. So the reason that they're allies, I think, well, there's probably more beyond this, but one of the main reasons right now is that Europe is in a dire energy situation with Russia providing one third of their gas supplies. And so the United States is like, whoa, we can't let Europe freeze. So Qatar, can you maybe step up? There's a couple of different points to this. So like number one, the infrastructure is not really in place in order for Qatar to ship gas to Europe. Like you have to have an element of pipelines. You can definitely ship it via vehicle or something else, but it's a lot more more costly and a lot less effective. Europe, the situation that they're in is they wanted to rotate away from fossil fuels and they did it a little bit too quickly. And so now they don't have any energy security. And so Qatar is essentially like, well, we're just going to wrap you right up into a contract. And also with Qatar and what would happen there is that they would divert resources away from Asian countries who also need energy, right? And so all of a sudden, all right. this energy would be going towards Europe. Asian countries would be getting less energy. I think Japan stepped up and they were, or somebody asked Japan, to consume less energy, it's becoming a game of balancing stuff and balancing relationships. I think to kind of summarize like what this whole conversation on energy has been around and sort of like why it's so important with Russia and what's going on with Russia is that energy is the common denominator to everything like if we don't have natural gas we don't have fertilizer and we don't have food like that's kind of the relationship right. of course like you know there's nuance to everything that we're saying there's a couple of things that are worrying number one the diversion of resources away from asian countries and then number two the need for energy for europe and the united states to be frank you have rolling blackouts like you have in central asia right now you just don't have a stable citizen base you don't have a stable country but then number two is just like the lack of energy security in in general, I think is also concerning. And where people are talking about inflation now, and I sound like such a fear monger, but it, it could get worse. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the whole raw material situation is going to be i think a defining narrative of this next decade i think that there is going to be a way for us to get over this sort of thing and that we'll just sort of realize a lot of things i think around energy energy investment energy security and that could be really good for the long term it's always so fun to have you on
1: thank you i love being here uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at D1 Wheeler. And you can follow Kyla on Twitter at Kyla's Can. So,
0: but I can't believe you just said <laughs> Oh, bummer. That's no, what it, it is. No, it's Kyla's Can. It's not Kyla's Can. You knew I that, right? Per- no, Yo, you're the first it. person. I'm,
1: I'm the so first upset. person. Oh.
0: I knew it was Kyla's
1: Can, but I figured it'd be easier to iterate if it was Kyla's Can. People would find it easier. That sounds
0: weird. Oh, okay. Well ben just destroyed my day but <laughs> <I'll see. laughs> bye everybody bye. thanks so much for listening thanks so much for hanging out i hope that you're doing well i have a piece up on my blog if you're like kyla this is a lot because it is a lot and <laughs> it's a lot for me too um so i have a piece up on just unknown and uncertainty and just the volatility of predictability i'm on tiktok i'm on instagram i'm on youtube i'm On Substack, I'm on Twitter. If you have any comments, questions, feedback below, feel free to leave a comment. Ben is on Twitter at D1 Wheeler. Talk to everybody soon. Bye.